game night. We already spoke to uh, Pierre's sponsor on this show, Paramount Financial Services, and Lauren Rubin as a Cowboys fan in the first hour of the show. 514-905-0885. He spent over 25 years taking care of other people's hard-earned money. And he does a great, great job. Good afternoon, Pierre. How you doing? How was our friend Lauren after the Cowboys last night? Well, you can imagine. Um, as well, a- I'll just fill you in because I had a little conversation with Lauren uh, off the air. And it was uh, bleep, 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 bleep. That was the conversation. Understood. Yeah. I think the owner, Jerry Jones, feels the same way. Well, as a Giants fan, I'm sure you don't really care. I was crying, Mitch. <laughs> Cry, crying tears of laughter, I guess, right? Yeah. My yeah. wife said, what's wrong with you? I said, look, who's losing. So listen, they get uh, the Oilers on a Saturday night. It was a real spectacular night of hockey. They, they deserve a lot of credit, by the way, talking about Montreal. They played a whale of a game. And now they get Colorado, uh, who's you know they haven't won ten straight like the Oilers, but they're right yeah. right there. I think eight one and one. McKinnon is on fire, so they they got McDavid in peak form, MVP form. They get McKinnon in MVP peak form. What's the other than Kale McCarr? What is the biggest difference facing Colorado coming off facing Edmonton? Um, they just come at you in waves. And they really try like heck to push the pace. And Devon Taves, um, Sammy Gerard, all all their defensemen, they're not shy when it comes to jumping in and they can also defend and they've got you know, whether it's Miles Wood or whether it's Ross Colton, they've got some tough guys. Uh, you know, Connor. Um they they've got guys that are not fun to play against they bring some nasty to the game so I, I think that's where they're a little better than Edmonton and I know I've said this a million times but I'm going to say it again I really believe Nathan McKinnon is the most powerful player in the league doesn't mean he's the best player doesn't mean he's the fastest player he's just the most powerful player to play against and he wears people down because of that McKinnon uh, Nathan it's so hard to play against because of that. McDavid is different. You know, he's just, he's fast. He's super fast. He's super charged. But he doesn't grind you down. Nathan grinds you down. It's hard. It's really hard. And Mikodontin is so massive and hard to contain. They just, they're just a hard team to play against. They just are. Pure uh, Kane Gooley uh, played the right side, teamed with Mike Matheson on Saturday. Yeah. They were tremendous. Yeah. It's a shame the way yeah. the game ended for Matheson in the penalty box. So, right. again, as a defense pairing, one would imagine they're going to get the same kind of assignment tonight. What what, yeah. what do you expect? So you got to buckle up physically. That's that's one of the big things when you play against the line like that. And that's why I bring up what Nathan does in particular. He's just he's a beast. And if he's into it, and more times than not, he is into it. Uh, if he's into it, he creates big problems for you. Now, I know people in Montreal don't want to hear this, but I can tell you right now, Jonathan Drouin started to heat up. And, you know, obviously he's playing with a guy he played junior with and Nathan McKinnon, and that line has been very, very good for for Colorado of late. But, you know, you'll see. The other night they played eight defensemen in Toronto, I don't know if they'll do that tonight. I have no idea. You guys probably have a better idea of it uh, than I do, but 
they played eight defense, and a lot of it is because of, of injury. Uh, and I'm sure Cap is, you know, Arturi Lakenen, um, no Landis Cog. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what they do tonight with their lineup. The thing is, like, I don't want to take shots at, at, at two players in particular, but, like, the, the expectations on the Oilers and, and the Leafs. I mean, McDavid and, and, and Matthews are kind of the faces of those franchises in the same way that McKinnon was the, the face of, of Colorado for, for so many years. And, and Pierre, it feels like there's just a different level of accountability. People make, make fun that he's the, he's the angriest man in hockey, and you, you've heard about his, his routines in the summer and the way he treats his body and all that stuff. And it, it, it just feels like the, the vibe you get from Nathan McKinnon and the vibe you kind of get from the Avalanche team that has so many incredibly talented players is so completely different from teams that are kind of missing that level of accountability in, in Toronto and in Edmonton. Um, unless you're around that bench a lot, talking about Colorado, you really don't understand the level of intensity from Nathan in particular. Um, you know, I, I remember being in the bubble with them uh, in Edmonton and, and doing all their games and just how hard he was on himself and how hard and demanding he is on other people. Um, and I say that in a good way, not in a bad way. I have so much respect for the way he carries himself as a professional. He just he brings it every day to the rink. Um, and he doesn't seemingly get burnt out from it. I mean, he just he's constantly searching for the next level, and he pushes guys to try to get there. Uh, so I think that's one of the real great characteristics of him that numbers can't really tell you. Um, he just he doesn't really take shortcuts when it comes to playing. Pierre, we just touched on this very briefly with uh, with Aaron Ward. Um, uh, Jonathan drew on it. Clearly, there are some fans who are going to boo him every time he touches the puck tonight. Right. Big picture, he underachieved in Montreal. Again, he was brought yeah. here, and he was it was a terrible mistake putting a guy who wasn't a center on trying to force-feed him into being the number one center because they couldn't find a center for Max yeah. Pacioretty, and it didn't get much better after that. Uh, how do you feel generally about something like what we're about to see tonight? Well, I mean, I don't think it'll be as bad as when John Tavares goes to the New York Islanders. Um but, you know, I would expect that people will be kind of mean-spirited, which is unfortunate. Uh, I, he didn't – and, I, Mitch, you remember when that deal went down, how angry I was. Um, I, I just – I was beside myself that they would do that. Um, and then to try to force feed him as a center aceman in the National Hockey League in Montreal just made no sense at all. But that's – you know, that ship sailed a long time ago. Um, I like what Joe Sackett did. He said, let's give him a chance to play with a guy that he played with in junior in Halifax and had some success, and let's see how it goes. And, you know, it didn't always go. It hasn't gone great for him the entire year. It's just, like I said, it's just recently where he's really starting to heat up. Um, but, you know, I, I hope that it's a hospitable welcome and not nearly as what we've seen, you know, especially with Tavares whenever he goes back to the aisle, and that's, that's just not healthy. Back to the Habs in a second, but speaking of um, centermen who aren't centermen, uh, this is over the weekend on television. Bruce Boudreaux. I've got to say this for the first time on TV. And I mean, I'm going, I'm not going to say who, but somebody in that Vancouver organization tried to make me make Quinn Hughes a center last year. What? They, what? And I refused to do it. And uh, I, I said, I'm not making him a center. I'm not making him a center. Wow. And they kept trying to 
put me to put uh, Quinn at center, no. and I am so happy I didn't. First of all, he would probably have not taken it very well. Like, so. And secondly, <laughs> the year he's having a Norris Trophy Norris. kind of year, yeah. boy, th- that it's quite a difference from him playing center on that team. <laughs> it's kind of comical. Can you understand why somebody, uh, obviously we're all trying to figure out who it might be. Is it the owner? Is it Jim Rutherford? Is it somebody else in the front office? Why they would think that way? I don't know. Um, it's a great sound bite, though. Got a lot of play. Um, you know, it would have been a better sound bite if you would have said he told him that. But obviously, I, I respect the fact that he's going to, you know, protect his source or, or protect whomever told him that. Um, I, I don't know a hockey person that would actually suggest that. You know, I know Scotty Bowman, and I don't know what Aaron Ward told you, but I know Scotty wanted to get Fedorov a lot more time on ice, especially when they were loaded with centers with Larry Onoff and, and obviously Eisenman and Draper. So there were times when Scotty would play Fedorov as a forward, and then he'd put him back and play him on defense and try to get him closer to 22 to 23 minutes a game. I mean, that's happened before, but to think that, you know, Hughes would be a centerman, I, it just doesn't really make sense. Pierre, what are the signs that you would see in a player that would lead you to think that he could take on a role that's either like so different when he's like forward to defense or even a winger that you want to make a centerman? Well, hockey sense would matter a lot. Peripheral vision would matter a lot. Um, You know, coachability would matter a lot. Skating would matter a ton. You'd have to be a top-end skater. Um, there are guys that can move from wing to center or from center to wing. I mean, that that's happened. A lot of Canadian national teams that go to the World Junior or go to the Olympics or go to the Canada Cup, they got a lot of guys, you know, playing wing that are natural centermen. That's probably a bit easier to do than go from being a natural winger to playing center. That's a little harder to do. Um, but I would say the hockey sense part of it, the skating part of it, and the peripheral vision part of it is what I'd be looking for if I was looking to do that. But again, with Hughes, it just it really doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Picking up from where we uh, kind of left off uh, Friday, uh, Jake Allen's getting the start tonight against Colorado. Carolina right. is about to lose to LA five two. Antiranta was knocked out after giving up three quick goals right. in the in the third period. I, I imagine you spent a lot of today watching holiday hockey. Anything else? Uh, I did. I spent the whole I spent the whole day watching hockey. Anything else open your eyes? Um, yeah, part of what went on, and, and it's not a knock. Carolina saluted Justin Williams today. Uh, they put him in their Hall of Fame. Cam Ward was a guy that went in last year, and they put in Justin Williams this year. And the team just wasn't ready to go. The other thing that caught my eye was Pittsburgh. You could tell Seattle was missing a few players. Um, they miss, were missing Burakovsky and uh, Matty Beneers and, and Vince Dunn, and that really affected Seattle. They lost for the first time in nine games or ten games. Uh, Florida had a lead on Anaheim, and they saw that fall apart, and, and eventually they lost 5-4 uh, in overtime. But Boston showed me a lot, Mitch. They're coming back off an unbelievably long road trip. Uh, they lost every game on the trip except for one in overtime and one win they had. They won in overtime, um, and they came back and, and did a number on New Jersey today. If it weren't for Nico Dawes playing unbelievable in the first period, that game could have been 7 or 8 nothing after one period. So Boston showed me a lot today. Pittsburgh showed me a lot today, and I felt bad for the guys in Carolina because you could see they were swept up in the emotion of the 
Justin Williams Hall of Fame induction uh, down in Carolina today. I know they're on such a roll, and you just mentioned the Bruins. Colorado gets Boston next. Is there any any hope for the uh, Canadians that maybe they're looking ahead? Oh, they might be. Listen, I, I salute Montreal, Mitch, and we talked about it on Friday a little bit. I, I was concerned, you know, with Edmonton coming in and the way they've been playing, and Montreal played a great game, and you were spot on to salute uh, Matheson and Gooley in particular and the way they played as a tandem. Um, Colorado, like I said, they present a little bit more of a different thing. Uh, and if they start grinding on you, it makes it hard for your guys to play if you're undermanned. I'm telling you, you can't take penalties against them. You just got to play five on five so that right, if, they, if the speed doesn't get you, the grinding might get you, and that's what you got to be aware of. You got to really manage the puck. And I'd say tonight, the biggest emphasis, if I were the coaching staff, besides all the little things, face-offs. you you got to dominate puck possession. Force them to defend. Own the puck. Pierre Maguire brought to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday by Lorne Rubin and Paramount Financial Services, 514-905-0885. We've been a little behind today, Pierre. Back to normal on Wednesday. Thank you so much. Enjoy the games tonight. Oh, thanks a lot, my friend. Have a great weekend, or a great week, everybody. Weekend. It's Martin Luther King Day today. Long Happy weekend. holiday. So have a great day. Thank you. Break lights, case of the stage fright. Draw the plank like.